June 2nd, John chapter 21, verses 1 through 25. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon, Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the Twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, the disciples saw Jesus standing on the beach, but they couldn't see who he was. He called out, Friends, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, Throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get plenty of fish. So they did, and they couldn't draw in the net, because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water, and swam ashore. The other stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about three hundred feet. When they got there, they saw that a charcoal fire was burning and fish were frying over it, and there was bread. "'Bring some of the fish you've just caught,' Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were a hundred and fifty-three large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. "'Now come and have some breakfast,' Jesus said. And no one dared ask him if he was really the Lord, because they were sure of it. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead." After breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. Once more he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus said, Then feed my sheep. The truth is, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked and go wherever you wanted to. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will direct you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know what kind of death he would die to glorify God. Then Jesus told him, Follow me. Peter turned around and saw the disciple Jesus loved following them, the one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who among us will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, What about him, Lord? Jesus replied, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You follow me. So the rumor spread among the community of believers that that disciple wouldn't die. But that isn't what Jesus said at all. He only said, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is that disciple who saw these events and recorded them here. And we all know that his account of these things is accurate. And I suppose that If all the other things Jesus did were written down, the whole world 
could not contain the books. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Verse 18. He is head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Top. Nothing above him. Nothing else to gain. Nothing else to get. The goal, the end, what it's all about is Jesus. Look at me. I'm going to try to combat something as best as I can here. Look at me. Following Jesus is not going to make you wealthy. Following Jesus does not guarantee that you're going to be healthy. The message of scripture and the gospel of Christ is not that in following him everything goes right but that he is enough no matter what happens that's the message of the gospel not that everything's going to be okay and it's maddening to me that the prosperity gospel is so unbelievably popular among people who then have to completely disregard scripture as well as Christian history. Every apostle in the Bible dies bad. I mean bad. They don't like stumble in the street and get run over by a car. They get beheaded. They get crucified upside down. They get boiled in oil. They die poor. And they're slaughtered. Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, struggles with depression his whole life and then dies. Christianity has been built and has carried through the generations on the blood of men. Not on the wealth. This is an absurd idea that would make Christ not preeminent, but what he could give you. That is not Christianity that is something entirely different and it's heresy that would have got you burned alive 200 years ago it's a ridiculous notion Jesus is enough he's enough he's enough we pursue healing maybe we get it maybe we don't he's enough if we don't this is the message that Jesus is sufficient. Like, it, it's all, okay, in Acts, the apostles, they get arrested. And this court says, if you don't quit this preaching stuff, if you don't quit talking about Jesus, we're going to beat you to death. And the response was simple. Do what you think is right. As for us, we cannot help but speaking about what we have seen and heard. And they beat the mess out of them and released them. And they did what? Rejoiced. I mean, they got beat nearly to death. This was the fruit of the gospel in their lives. Beatings. And they left rejoicing. They left. They're going, oh, you can see my spine. No, like literally, it's exposed. Awesome. All right. So it seems like Jesus can transcend the most horrific of circumstances. This is not about what Jesus gets you. It's just about Jesus, preeminent, top of the chain, nothing else to want, nothing else to pursue. He is enough.